Hey, this is Ryan Folden. You're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast. Hello, this is Mike. This is Ross. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacunical community. So here we are. How are you doing, guys? I'm good, thanks. A very long day at work, 11 hours, which isn't good on a Monday, but um, all is good. Good stuff. How about you, Russ? Yeah, I can't complain. I managed to get in the whole of Game of Thrones Season 3 at the weekend, which you and I spoke about a bit, and it, it, it's a cracking season. So yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, you got to pick it up because it's awesome. Yeah, you probably need to watch the first, uh, first two series first you know as you watch this, this is true this is true otherwise you'd be like what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah it's a great it's a great program and uh yeah i, I saw your post about yeah that bit <laughs> that bit that bit which anybody who knows the game of thrones or has seen season three knows exactly what part of the season we're referring to uh, which we we could not spoil it. Well, we could, but it'd be a bit unfair on us, on everybody actually. Yeah. Um, I think there should be a remix of Billy Idol's White Wedding playing over that, just as a. a you're giving it away. Just... Every little thing you say is giving away. No, 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 no. <laughs> just a big Billy Idol fan. I was born in the eighties. What can oh, I say? Of course, yes. That was just an interesting segue from the Game of that's Thrones it. into Billy that's Idol it. music. I, I see what I think you tried to do there. I'm not sure you got away with it, but <laughs> uh, I started watching um, Breaking Bad again. Actually, awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm now two discs into season two, and enjoying it. I've still got Game of Thrones to watch on Blu-ray, uh, but I, since I'd already watch it on TV, there's kind of no pressure on me to watch it. But I do want to do that. But yeah, that's kind of it, really. I'm looking forward to quite busy work, work, and you know, at play as well. Um, got a game of uh, Cards Against Humanity uh, in last night with with my daughters which is always fun such an outrageously bad bad game if everybody's not played cards against humanity go and play it as long as you've got the right group of people to play it with because you know it's not the sort of thing you might necessarily want to play with your parents it's what i'm saying (laughs) i mean obviously wrong on so many levels (laughs) yeah obviously my daughters play it with me but you know it's because i said right we're going to play cards against humanity but even that leads to some kind of embarrassed moments. But yeah, it's a great, great game. Not very expensive and a good way to spend half an hour, especially with a few beers as well. It's just disgusting. So what news have we got for you this week? Well, uh, as kind of predicted last week, uh, the lyric video for Nothing Stands In Our Way has now been released by Century Media. You can find it on YouTube and we'll put a link to the video in the show notes. Uh, I, I flippantly said, I can't remember where I said it. I might have said it on the, the ES forums that I, uh, I I enjoyed the video, but I was struggling to see where the lyrics were because they're a bit in your face. You know? <laughs> Fear! Um, <laughs> but, but it's good to see. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know, I'm not sure we're going to see a, um, a full video for the song. I think the, the video they did was for, of course, I forgive, but I won't forget your name. So I'm sure probably within the next month or so we'll see that video released i would like to think so anyway but i think this is the best we're going to get for and nothing stands in our way which is a bit of a shame i think because i think it deserves a video you know i think it's quite a powerful song i think it'll make a quite an interesting montage video or something like that i don't know maybe it's just me but there we go also predicted last week we we put the dates out for when we're expecting to see mp3s of the various songs come out on itunes and amazon and other digital online stores and 
Dying Rice, Day and Rise came out last week. Uh, only in the US stores though. I don't know if don't know if you guys have any more success than I've had, but I've tried Amazon. So I've tried I've tried Amazon. I've tried iTunes, and they won't let me buy because I'm in Blighty. Mm, same. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that um, I could get away with it on Amazon, but it wasn't having it. Maybe if I create a separate account or something, I don't know. But uh, I guess I have to wait until it gets released in the UK, which they don't have a release date for Dying Rise. I'm wondering if we're going to have to wait until the album comes out in the UK before we can buy that particular MP3. So if the US aren't letting us buy um, Dying Rise, I think we should at least be able to buy I Forget uh, and then like their US friends buy it. So they're just to get them back. I'm going to blow a raspberry in, across the pond now. <laughs> but I guess that's not going to happen either. So there we go. Another bit of news for you. Obviously, the tour, the Hottest Chicks in Rock tour has started. And as we record this, a number of shows have been played. And the set list has come out. This is kind of spoiler territory. So I guess fast forward or just don't listen to the rest of this segment. But we've got the set list. This makes it quite interesting reading, doesn't it, guys, actually? It's, it's a cracker of a set yeah, list. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy set. That is a heavy set, isn't it? So, yeah. so we start off with Trip of Darkness. We've got Kill the Light, Intoxicated, Fragments of Faith, which is quite an old song, like, you know, compared to everything else, really. Uh, Die and Rise, woohoo, a new song, which you can also check out on YouTube. It's uh, at least one upload of, of Die and Rise. I Don't Believe in Tomorrow, which I love. Oh, I love that song. Uh, Spellbound, which is predictable, really. Not well, the song, I'm not talking about the song in a second, I mean, it's predictable as in it's on the set list upside down which is an interesting choice wasn't expecting to see that there actually nothing stands in our way great great track another new song and of course our truth which as we kind of predicted last week we did a lot of predictions last week thinking about it and they're all coming true and now it's not the pools <laughs> do you know anybody other than you me and mike will understand what the pools are probably not <laughs> the pools. probably not oh but hey Oh, we're so English. Um, but of course, what wasn't on there was Heaven's a Lie. Which is a bit this of a shock. This is true. I'm quite surprised about that. I thought that would be, you know, the one song that they'll never be able to to get rid of. Not necessarily in a bad way, just... I mean, I saw it. If you view it in isolation, it's probably the most well-rounded set list for like a collection of songs because it's literally one slap in the face after another. So you kind of argue, would Heavens of Life fit with the rest of those songs? I don't know. No, I think if you can put Kill the Light in, you can put Heavens of Light in. That yeah, and you could fun. you could replace Fragile with To the Edge, maybe, or something similar. I don't know. Maybe they're because obviously this is not a headlining tour. Mm. So there aren't Lacuna Core fans that go in there with an expectation that they will play Heavens Alive, although I'm sure there are Lacuna Core fans there. But this is the hottest chicks in rock tour, so there isn't necessarily an expectation that they're going to play a classic set list. So they feel they can get away with not having to play a song that they probably played a thousand times plus. But I just makes I just noticed that I thought, whoa, that's a bit bit out there, isn't it? No Heavens Alive. <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon there's going to be anybody kind of like, Heavens Alive, Heavens Alive? Play Heaven's Alive, come on. Probably not. Maybe not. I just want to say that. Where just just Anthony when they get to his jurisdiction. No, here we go, 119 or something like that. That's what Anthony will be doing. Right, so um, final thing is that on, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our, our marketing for Broken Crown Hayes. 
Uh, whether it was uh, Robin Hood hats, I still don't know where that came from, uh, or uh, 3D it's crown cool. pullouts, or, or big chests, as in. Now, now. Ah, no, come on. Chicks in rock tour, but steady on. We know, steady we know, on. We know that sells records. Um, no, as, as in big medieval treasure, treasure chests. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, as a special edition rather than a medical box like we got for Dark Adrenaline. Anyway, uh, Mezzo on the Antispiral forums has risen to that challenge and she's created some 3D sort of paper fold cut, cut out crowns and I think they look amazing. So I'm going to post the link in the show notes. I recommend everybody heads over there and has a look at these things because she's really done well. I mean, it's, as she said, said to me when she sent me an email about it, she said, it's still quite raw. It's a first attempt. But I think they look so cool. And the idea of seeing those things with you know high production quality when you fold out the album and you get this thing pop out on oh, it'd be great. Cheesy but great. We we all know it's not gonna happen, but you know, I can live in hope that it will. But I'm gonna just say you've got to check them out because they're so good. You never know, we could all clump together, invest in a three D printer, and then we've been well away on the streets of the tour. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not even sure we need a 3D printer. I reckon just a regular printer and some cardboard <laughs> and paper and paper and lots of felt tips. Maybe next oh. time we're on tour, we can have like a little um, art session. Yeah, I'll <laughs> bring the on the booth. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. All like, we'll, we'll turn up with uh, pen and paper, and we all sit around coloring in. And Burger King hats. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. You don't oh, need to make right. your own. Okay. We'll go on a pillage to Burger King. Right, that is what we're going to do. Okay, this goes out to everybody listening to this now. Okay, go to Burger King, pick up as many hats as you can, and we're going to wear them on to the concert. Okay, when they play it. So we'll we'll stand it. at the merch booth. <laughs> we could be the We Three Kings. It's like we do a Christmas tour. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are so dead. So right. <laughs> I'm probably going to get a slap when Marco finds out about this, but we are going to stand there. I, I now I'm going to collect as many Burger King hats as I can, and uh, and yeah, wear it. That's it's the way forward. If we're not going to get a broken crown holder, then we're going to we're going to get a torn paper one. I don't know. Right, that's it. Game over. Right, let's move on. Let's move on. Anyway, so that is the news for this week. Where, what are we like? I think it's because I had a glass of wine with my dinner. So what we have for you this week is an interview, a new interview. I was very fortunate to catch up with Ryan Folden, who, as you all know by now, has been drumming with Lacuna Coil on the current Hottest Chicks in Rock Tour, as well as performed uh, drums for the band a couple of times in the past when Chris has been in Italy with his baby girl and has also been a drum tech for the band for even longer. So he's very familiar with the guys. He's friends with the rest of the band. Uh, it's great to interview him, get to find out why he became a drummer and uh, why he's, how he's touring with Lacuna Coil and whether or not he's chosen to learn Italian. So anyway, check out the interview. I hope you like it. I certainly enjoyed interviewing Ryan and I want to thank him again for, for joining us on the podcast. Okay, well, we're joined on the podcast today by Ryan Folden. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well, doing well. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Where are you at the moment, then? Uh, today, I am in a car park <laughs> in Springfield, Virginia. 
Excellent. <laughs> What's the weather like there? Uh, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a balmy sun, uh, 70 degrees today. You know, I'm actually seeing the sun for the first time in a while, so we're enjoying it. <laughs> oh, wow. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. So well, we thought we'd catch up with, up with you. Obviously, there's been a lot of news recently about um, about uh, Peter and Chris leaving Lacuna Coil, and and you've you've now drummed uh, with the rest of the guys for well at least a couple of tours now. So I thought we kind right. of take the opportunity to have a chat, see how you are, and kind of you know get a bit of information about you. Really, I'm sure there's lots of people who want to find out all about Ryan. So he's <laughs> all we're here to do. So. Right, sounds good. <laughs> so how did you start drumming then, my friend? So I, uh, you know, I started out on the trumpet actually uh, when I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, and then I got a saxophone shortly thereafter, and uh, played both of those instruments for a while, saxophone mostly, and then uh, one of my buddies got a drum set somewhere around 13 years old, something like that, and uh, it's one of those things where I just, you know, there was nothing cooler to me at that point, especially having played uh, more traditional instruments for a few years. So, uh, so I roped the old uh, the, the folks to uh, buy me a drum set around my 16th birthday, finally. It took me a few years to talk them into it. But, uh, yeah, I got it for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, uh, when I was 16 years old, and that was kind of the end. I mean, took, <laughs> took over my identity thereafter. So did they, like, lock you in a, a garage at the end of the garden, or did you get, like, a soundproof room? Because there's always this kind of stereotype of, of oh. you know, kids practicing on drums just waking up the neighborhood. Oh, it's a constant thing. I mean, when when they first got me the drum set, we had a basement, so it wasn't a, you know it wasn't a real problem. I played, and no one really was too bothered by it, except for my entire family who had to suffer through the the harder stages of it. But uh, then you know we we actually lived in Germany at the time. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you that my father was in the air force. Okay, cool, cool. So we were living in Ramstein, and we moved onto the onto the base actually, and it's kind of a stairwell traditional flat style housing and i was in the the storage unit underneath the building and uh i don't i mean i don't know how everyone in the building dealt with it but i played every single day and uh no one really gave me too hard of a time even though i'm sure the whole building was shaking you know <laughs> I think so, there were bombs going uh, off somewhere you know, you'd say yeah <laughs> yeah it's always a bit of a juggle but uh i just seemed to do it and people just let let it happen i guess so where did that take you then? You obviously spent quite some time, you know, learning the drums. So what happened next? So, uh, you know, I played the drums and was, was in bands in high school and all through that. And when I graduated high school, I had a band I was in that, you know, we played around. Uh, at this point, I'm living in Washington State, uh, the Spokane area. So I played in a, you know, a couple of local bands around that scene, Seattle and Portland and um, up and down the West Coast um, throughout a, a, a few different groups based out of Spokane. And I got hired around 2006 by a band called The Agony Scene. In, uh, they're based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, at the time, they were on Century Media, actually. Uh, come to think of it, same, uh, same label as Lacuna Coil. So I moved to Tulsa and uh, did that for about a year. Uh, that band called it called it an end uh, somewhere around 2007. So I went back to Spokane and was hired shortly shortly thereafter by a band on uh, I think it was Rockhead Records, uh, based out of California. The band was called Burn Halo, mm -hmm. and uh, did that for another year, year or two. And uh, that band was kind of going different ways for me and. 
at this point I'd kind of found uh, other avenues to take to take drumming with session work and other bands that I was um, helping start out at the time. So I moved back to Spokane, and about three or four months later, I get a call from one of my friends, Tracy. And Tracy was a she was a production assistant for Megadeth at one point, and uh, tour managed Marilyn Manson at another point. Just a just a good industry friend, and you know she called me up and said that this band from Italy, Lacuna Coil, had needed a drum tech. You know, a few days from now, and they were in kind of a bind and didn't have anyone for the job. So uh, so I took that. Oh, okay. And uh, flew out, flew out two, three days later to meet the guys, and that was uh, that would have been fall of two thousand and nine. Okay. So drum, <laughs> drumming had taken me all the way up until then. At that point. So what um, what bands were inspiring you? What kind of music you, were you into at that time when you were learning the drums and when you were kind of getting into the scene? Well, you know, the younger years, when I when I grew up, I was we're good friends with the Papa Roach guys. Um, I've known Jacoby, uh, the singer of that band, since I was about six years old. So they've always been uh, a huge inspiration. I mean, when they got big and stuff, they, you know, they always, they always stayed in touch and took us to shows. And that was right at my developing stages. So it was a, a huge inspiration for me, those guys, and not to mention the uh, the amount of encouragement and support that they've given me throughout all this. But also, I mean, uh, a fire inside. That was one of my favorite bands growing up, and. Uh, around the time I started playing in local bands, I got more into the heavier music, uh, a lot of metal, you know, Killswitch Engage, you know, all the greats. Uh, about the time Karma Code came out, actually, I was a pretty huge Lacuna Coil fan. By the time, uh, by the time I had met up with those guys, I just fully, fully dove into the the metal and the the metalcore scene. Yeah, most of my favorite bands tend to tend to revolve around that area. So it sounds like you're in the right job then. Right, right. It worked out <laughs> quite well so far. <laughs> so you started you started off as a drum tech for Lacuna Coil, and then when Chris was um, out because his baby girl was born, you you joined the band to do drumming a couple of years ago as part of the Dark Legacy tour. So right. how how did you go from drum tech to drummer then? So what happened was actually in 2009 on on my first tour drum teching for the guys. Um, we were in Canada, and uh, Chris had hurt his foot, had some kind of problem with his toe, and he had to go to the doctor one of the show days. It was in Winnipeg. And, uh, you know, kind of Gus approached me and just said, hey, you know, do you know the set? Do you think you want to play tonight? We're not sure if, you know, Chris isn't going to make it. So, so I actually played that show in 2009. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I, think I put up a, a, a clip of it on YouTube at one point or another. So I played that show with the band, and it went great. And then the next day, went back to drum teching, no problem. And I drum teched for the band for, gosh, probably, I mean, I've been working with the band all year round uh, since then until until uh, going on tour playing drums in 2012 at the end of that year. So when the band was looking for, you know, when they knew Chris was going to stay home and they weren't sure what they were going to do and they were looking for a drummer, I kind of just... <laughs> I kind of said, well, you know, you've only ever had one other drummer play for you. And it just so happened to have been me. Brilliant. You know, why, uh, why break the record, really? So I, uh, I roped him into letting me come back out. <laughs> so how did the touring go then? Yeah, the touring was great, man. Um, 
that first tour I played with them was the that was the Dark Legacy over in Europe. And uh, yeah, me and you and uh, Russell and all the the gang, we spent a few days together. And I mean, that was a wonderful run. Um, I did. I think last year we did maybe something like 35 different countries with the band, um, all yeah, of, of Europe. You, and yeah, you went to South America as well, didn't you? South America, yeah, Canada. I mean, um, all the fly dates through Russia as well. I mean, it was pretty. It was a rather intense touring schedule, but it was great. I mean. At this point, the band is, uh, you know, an extension of my family, so it's it's all very comfortable. That's really cool. That's good to hear. So yeah, you you jumped in, you started playing the drums, sort of as as you say, because the manager, the tour manager, Gus said, "Look, we need you. Chris has got a bad foot; he can't play tonight." So, how does that work for a drummer? Can you is it is really as simple as as jumping in, or had the fact that you've been I mean, working as a drum tech helped? Yes, yeah, that, that helped dramatically. I mean, it's not exactly that easy. I mean. I uh, I had done my homework. I'd, I'd gotten the set list before. Being a drummer and already having uh, done it professionally, when I got the job as a drum tech, I, I just also kind of made the side note of learning the songs, mm-hmm. um, just as you do, just in case a situation like that may ever arise. Um, I did I did have the, the foresight enough to at least slightly prepare. So So when he did ask me, you know, I had already learned the songs <laughs> kind of on my own, but then I'd also watched Chris play them for, it had been eight weeks at that point. So I, I knew how the show went. I knew the stops and the breaks and, you know, it, uh, it made it a uh, quite a bit easier. Well, I've seen you play and you certainly seem to really, really enjoy yourself. You know, there's that hair and the arms going everywhere and you're, you know, <laughs> you're really giving it some. So it's quite obvious that you're really enjoying being on stage with the rest of the band, which is great. Definitely. It's yes. Great. It's, it's a wonderful time. You, you talked about over the last couple of years you've toured so many countries and obviously I've seen lots of pictures of you with fans. You've been involved in meetups. You've you talking to a lot of people. How do you find Lacuna Core fans? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've been fortunate enough to you know I've played for other bands and been the you know the fill-in guy or the new guy uh, seems to be a regular thing for me. And some fans are receptive in other situations, and some fans like to, you know, they like to criticize the new guy just because it's unfamiliar and all that stuff. But uh, Lacuna Coil fans are a little bit different. I mean, especially with the Empty Spiral community, it's a far more tight-knit group of people as opposed to where other bands have just kind of scattered admirers, as, as it were, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I stepped in and, you know, started meeting everyone, it in a unique fashion, everyone else had kind of already found out or, you know, if, if you and uh, Russell or any of the gang, Mike would post a picture with me, you know, all the other, you know, the South American fan clubs all, you know, all, all responded very well. So by the time I get to these countries, at least half of the people are semi-familiar with who I am. So it's not such a, it's not such an intrusion on something they like, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's been great. I mean, everyone's been very receptive and very supportive. And even uh, up to now with me being on tour and everyone having to go through the, the loss of pizza and Chris, no one's uh, no one's alienated me in any way, which has been just great. You know, that's really good. That's really good. So you're on a, a tour bus with Italians uh, and we know what Italians can be like. So are you learning the language at all? Oh yes, yes. I mean, it's a it's a sink or swim. You know, if I didn't uh, if I didn't pick up on some Italian, I would just be uh, I would miss out on all the good conversations. You know, um, and I you know you like you like to know what all the fuss is about all the time. And most of the most of the times the Italians sound like they're fussing. It's really just like oh, what's for dinner? You know that kind of thing. But 
but even still, it's better to know. Well, I hope they're not teaching you too many bad words. Oh, well, you know, with teachers like Mouse, uh, <laughs> you know, it's actually really funny. My, my parents are vacationing in, in Italy this year. My mom sits me down. She's like, oh, you know, why don't you teach me some of the Italian you, you've been learning? And I just had to be like, I'm not the, I, I don't know the best things to teach you at this point, you know. <laughs> I can well imagine how that comes. Yeah, yeah, you can imagine. <laughs> so now you're back on tour with the band. So how did that right. whole thing came about? Well, actually, um, I've been out, let's see, I toured with a band January through May of last year, and then uh, they stayed at home and did some summer festivals, and I was out working for other bands. I've, I've been out stage managing and doing lights and uh, did a little bit more drumming and all that stuff, and when they announced Broken Crown Halo and then the next tour cycle, uh, Gus, the tour manager, had actually approached me about drum teching, and uh, I signed on for it right away. Uh, you know, scheduled to come out and drum tech for Chris, and I got a call. Gosh, it was really only maybe only two weeks or three weeks before this tour started, where they were just like, "Well, maybe you should learn the songs." You know, <laughs> okay. So I learned the songs. That that could be fun, interesting though. I mean, I didn't know anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, uh, around the time they made the announcement, they called me and were like, "Okay, we, you know, we need you to play. You're going to be there already, and, and uh, can you do it or whatever?" And of course, you know, it's great. I've uh, at least fortunately played all the songs, uh, with the exceptions of the new ones, with the guys. So I was more than happy to be able to to be able to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. So how are the new songs then? I think they're playing uh, "Nothing Stands in Our Way" and "Die and Rise," aren't they? As part of yes. the set. So, yes, so, so far we're playing those two songs um, after this uh, Hottest Chicks of Hard Rock tour. Um, we should be out for, uh, for a fair few weeks at, directly after that, and we should incorporate a few of the newer ones that people haven't heard yet into the set. Oh, you're excited about that? Oh, quite excited. I mean, the new record's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> have the, then, have, they've sent you the whole thing, have they? I, I have heard the, 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 the album, yeah, and it's got some awesome. really heavy really brutal songs on it I think. oh it's it's a wonderful direction for the band yeah i mean the first song they sent me was nothing stands in our way and it was just a very satisfying experience <laughs> do you have a favorite or are you not allowed to say well actually nothing stands in our way is one of my favorites but also uh zombies off the record i know the track listings out there so i'm not spoiling anything but uh zombies is a fantastic song um, hopefully getting to play that at some point in the future, fingers crossed. Uh, I, and, I, uh, go ahead. Go on, you were saying, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say also Hostage to the Light. I mean, as far as the uh, more ballady songs go, that's a very, very progressive approach, and I love it. They are both very strong songs, and I, I cannot imagine a time when Zombies won't, on a, won't be on every single set list. I mean, I can just see it. It's one of those songs that yeah. just, just yeah. demands to be played live, doesn't it? It's just a, I a, think so as well. It's a huge number. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Now you're the, the drummer. Do you get your own drum tech? No, no, it's still <laughs> me. Well, actually, here's the thing. I do have a drum tech, and uh, maybe I'll post after the podcast gets out. I'll post a picture of my drum tech for everyone to meet. But... um. But no, it's definitely still me. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had already signed up to be the drum tech, so when they asked me to drum, I just decided, you know, well, I was already going to be doing it anyway. I'll just, I'll just get to sit on the drum set as opposed to behind it. 
you know. So you're really earning your pay this time. It's what I That's hearing. right. That's right. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, okay. So you're here for the whole tour. You mentioned that there'll be some dates afterwards. So what comes next? Yeah, I'm not sure what immediately follows this um, this uh, revolver tour. I know that we're we're supposed to be out for another few weeks. <clears throat> There'll be some radio festivals throughout the states and stuff. And uh, as far as after this in the summer, I'm not sure. I know the band has has plans to be doing some of the festivals. I know they've confirmed a few of the festivals publicly in Europe, uh, at least as of now. But um, as far as me. Uh, staying or playing just not you know not really sure what the situation is you know the band's the band's more focused on uh you know f- <clears throat> fulfilling all the obligations they have right now and and then uh you know they'll see they'll see where that takes them yeah, but I, either way i'll be i'll be working for the band as long as they'll have me excellent well, that's good to hear right well i think that brings us to an end today it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you ryan thank you very much for joining us on the podcast yeah, yeah, thanks for the call. No problem, my friend. You need to come over this way, on this side of the pond, so we can catch up and share a beer in the near future very soon, hopefully. Right, hoping it happens sooner than later. Absolutely, mate. All right, you take care. We'll speak to you later. All right, cheers, Matt. Thank you. Thanks again for Ryan for joining us. I'd say great to really, really enjoy it. Uh, I hope you can come out with more about it and catch up with Ryan and go. Please don't like me. That brings us on to our review this week. We are reviewing Within Me, which is taken from the Kunikos album Karma Code. And as is always the case, I've completely forgot whose turn it is to go first. I know that I started last week, though, so I think it might be Mike's turn. I think it is, possibly. Yeah. Right. Mr. Dyer. Um, mm -hmm. Shoot from hip, as as they say. Um, Within Me. Um, it's a very big change in direction, I think, from what we've had previously on the album so far. Um, but this works well, in my opinion. It's 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 a nice change, and the way the the way that it just flows as a song, and it's um, it's just nice and relaxed and melancholic almost. And I don't know, it's it's it. It is a good place to be on the album, I think, um, so far. Um, I'm rambling a bit now. Um, what else can I say? Lyrically, um, I think it's about the dying days of a relationship and the things that have gone with it. Um, and within me, what does that mean? Is that the, the love within the two people or and some of it's going away. It's it's hard to put a finger on it, I think, but I really like the song.
Okay. What about you, Russ? Me, this this is a difficult one for me because if I'm honest, within me is probably one of only two Lacuna Coil songs I'm not a massive fan of. Um, it's definitely, as Mike said, it's different. It's a change of direction, change of pace. And from a, a songwriting point of view, I can totally respect and appreciate that. It's just there's something about it. It's never really clicked with me. It might just be my personal taste. Um, the things I do like about it is sort of that meandering guitar intro. And obviously it's sort of an acoustic guitar. Then you get a, a dual melody sort of coming with the, with the distortion, um, which really sets a, a change of pace. Uh, the drumming's quite simple on it with the, the hit on the ride cymbal. Again, it just sort of carries and underpins the song. Um, it's very, very slow. Um, as Mike mentions, it's, it's definitely a, a dramatic change of pace on the album. It does sort of give Karma Code a breather, I suppose, from the, the heavy hitters. Um, I think Mike's, again, got it correct in terms of what the song is about. Lyrically, I think it's to do with an end of a relationship. And one thing I would say is I definitely prefer the, the lyrical aspects of the song and the themes to, to the music. And the line I'd pick out was, I wasn't there when a thin line destroyed your soul. I searched every corner. There's nowhere to hide. So again, there's still some some great sort of you know lyrical couplets in there. It's just something for me. It's dare I say it's skipping territory for me, and that's very very rare on the Kuna Coil album. Wow, wow. Okay, gosh, you surprised me there actually. Um, uh, I mean, is it not many? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm generally surprised at uh, both of what you said about that. Now, we used to, you you both talked about change of direction. Is it a change of direction from this out from the previous songs on the album or? A change of direction in a broader sense that that you get when you listen both, to it in me. Both, I think. Okay. And I'm still I'm still amazed to this day that it was a single because it's so different. I'm I'm generally surprised. I'm generally surprised. I always thought saw within me as a a kind of a nod to the days of Unleashed Memories. There's there's so many aspects in that song, in the way that the song's constructed. I feel that makes me think of Unleashed Memories. Uh, and I know, I mean, we'll probably talk about this in more detail when we talk about Karma Code as an album, that the direction changed with Karma Code, and we talked about live and more simpli- simplistic lyrical um, journeys that they're taking us on and, and less ambiguity in the lyrics, whereas I always found that within me was almost a throwback to those days of more obscure lyrics and uh slightly more layered music but still relatively simple so it, it just surprises me what you both said there actually uh in terms of the, the music itself i i really like this song i like the music on it. i think it's very simple uh you picked up on you talked about the melody there russ and i totally agree with the guitar melody i just really like the way that that just works certainly right at the beginning and i like the way that the song builds up into be quite a quite a big song towards the end and then you've got the reprise after that kind of final um, where where um, Christina goes, here I want to be, and she repeats that a few more times. Then it just drops back into the chorus again, which is quite, really quite strong, which was like deep within me, like crawling and wasting my days. I, uh, there's a lot that I can connect with in this song. Now, I also it's also, as far as I'm aware, you might be able to correct me on this one, is this the first time that we hear Andrea harmonised, or harmonising with himself? We hear it, we've heard it a few times with christina on previous albums but right at the beginning where there's this kind of two andreas talking one singing i should say one over the other is this the first time you've heard that because i don't remember hearing it before i think i think you're right there yeah okay now you talk about the end of a relationship well um you're kind of half right because there is 
actually no need to interpret this song. Andrea said a number of years ago in an interview with Anarchy Music that this was actually uh, about a friend who um, essentially was using drugs. And I can read out what he said about the song here. And he said, Within Me was a song that we wrote for a friend that basically, it was not suicide, but basically he let himself go by using drugs a lot. He passed away three or four years ago. The fact that we couldn't do anything, it was not suicide, but it was just abusing. So he let himself go in a way that we couldn't do anything to help him out. He was in New York and we were in Italy, so it was tough to stay with him. We were on tour. We had other things to do. So the idea was that sometimes you want to be there for your friends, but you can't be there. That time we were not there, we lost him. It was the first time it had happened to us as a band that you know somebody and you work with them and he died like that in a stupid way. So we learn to be stronger people with that. We learn to deal with a situation that you can't always have control of. Now, before I looked that up, I think it's a, it's, I pasted the um, the interview in the forums many years ago and that's kind of where I found it. I thought it was a song about guilt. So I guess when you talk about it, it's the breaking up of a relationship, I guess that's, that's true. That's certainly one interpretation of it, as in the breakup. Um, and... Your favourite line, Russ, where you talk about right at the beginning where Andrew says, I wasn't there when a thin line destroyed your soul. I guess that's exactly what did happen mm. with the drug yeah, I suppose, yeah. If you, if you look at it in, in the context of what it's been you know, written that the song's about, you can, you can see it from that, that perspective as well. Mm. And suddenly it makes a lot more sense. Mm. Mm. So, you know, I, I find it it's quite a dark song. Well, not just because of what we, we just revealed in the interview. Uh, but this, the way that the song flows, I find, is quite dark. And I also think that the video that was shot for it reflects that, where you've got the kind of the, the black lines kind of coming out of Christina's heart. I don't know if you remember that, where she's kind of in this sort of flowing black clothes mm. in the desert, and it's quite quite blue, as in there's kind of a blue colour cast across the whole video. And you've got Andrea kind of at the beginning in every kind of gothic medieval place. But you've got this blackness coming out of her and i wonder if that's guilt maybe or loss or just something like that and she talks about life's crawling and wasting my days deep within me so uh, it's there's quite a lot of personality to the song and i get a sense it's a really personal song for the band itself not just because of what andrea says in the interview i'm i'm actually a, i get a sense that i'm a bigger fan of this song than both of you mm-hmm. um, <laughs> mike what would you give it in terms of score uh seven Okay, Russ. Six. This is a six for me. Six. Okay, I'm gonna give this a, give within me an eight out of ten. Uh, I I I really enjoy it, uh, and it's certainly not a skipper. But I can appreciate it. it's not for everybody, and uh, I guess within the context of Karma Code, it does feel a little estranged in its placement on the album. So there we go. Within me. That brings us to a close this week on the Empty Spar Podcast. We hope you liked our news, our rambling, our ideas about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but most importantly, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Ryan Folden. He's a great guy. Uh, and as I said before, if you catch up with him on tour, say hi, get your picture taken and uh, you know, have a good time. He's a, he's a really, really entertaining chap. 
we'll be here next week, hopefully with more interviews and more news about Lacuna Coil as we get increasingly excited about the release of the album uh, at the end of uh, March. Until then, you can check out the rest of the podcasts on iTunes and on the Stitcher Radio Network. You can also listen to them for free, of course. Everything about the podcast is free over at the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also connect with us on Facebook over at the Empty Spiral page on Facebook, I should say, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net. And, of course, there's also Tumblr, which is emptyspiralnet.tumblr.com, and Twitter, which is at emptyspiralnet. Send out messages. Uh, we will retweet you, and we will say hi. So stay cool, everybody, and catch up with you soon. Cheers, everyone. Ciao, guys. <laughs>